Welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am so happy you are joining. This week, we are diving into everything human design. And this has been a topic that I've actually wanted to talk about for a long time because I just found it so intriguing when I kind of started learning about this myself a couple of years ago and when I saw it on podcasts and Instagram and yeah, any type of like self-identifying test or personality test, I just think is a lot of fun. So this one is kind of the same and we dive into how to do it and what your results mean and all sorts of things like that. Even what it's like if you are dating someone who is a certain result and what you should eat based on it, nutrition, wellness, health, like all of these different factors, which is really, really cool. So I am a manifester and I think I'm not the most rare one. I think she said, I think the reflectors are the most rare one, but most people are generators and we kind of dive into what all of these words mean and really look into it much more in depth. So I really, really appreciated going through that, those results with hope on this episode. I am still thinking about doing a Q&A episode. I've had a lot of questions on TikTok and on Instagram about microdosing with you know, psilocybin, LSD, raw milk, all of these kind of things that I'm doing. So someone asked me to do a, a Q&A. So I'm going to start collecting questions for that, from that or for that and submit that soon and just kind of go through things a bit more in detail. I feel like even with just microdosing, there's just so many questions that I'm getting and it's the same questions over and over again. So I think a Q&A would be a great idea and kind of give the overall basis of how I use it and what I do. I'm also going to look into actually getting some books about mushrooms and psilocybin and maybe even LSD and just kind of learn more about it. I think especially with psilocybin, I think there's such a like deep rooted plant medicine history to it. And I just don't know enough about it. So I'm going to start looking into that and become more well-versed in it and understand it so that when I do create this episode, you can kind of get some golden nuggets you can learn as well. And if you are interested in trying it, then you understand the history of it much more. I'm also interested in doing things like ayahuasca as well. I actually just was on a podcast a couple of weeks ago and the woman who I was talking to knows of people who do ayahuasca ceremonies in the town that I'm in. And this is surprising because I always figured I'd have to travel for it and it would be harder to get connected. It seems like it's a very do it in Central America, South America thing, go for a week kind of in the jungle and do ayahuasca. But it's cool to see it popping up more and more as long as it's really showing respect to where it came from and there's a shaman who's doing it and not just like in some massive house with a bunch of random people and kind of just seen as another drug. That's definitely not what I want to do. So I'm going to be very intentional about how I do it. And that's something that I might even try to do this summer, I think, just because I think there's so much to learn about it, like so much and plant medicine in general. Like there's another one. Oh, I forgot what it's called. When I was in Costa Rica, I met this guy who did it. Let me look it up. It starts with a D. 
but that one you hallucinate with as well. And I, and he said that I think he also threw up and kind of had this like purging physical experience, but he said like, that's way like next level. Like some of the things he was saying were wild when he was describing it. So I don't think I'm at that point yet, but I think ayahuasca is something that's on the horizon. So I'll keep you updated and I'm going to do the Q and a as well. I definitely want to kind of go through microdosing and, and what that means and, and how to do that in a very like safe way. And I also want to talk about raw milk because I get so many questions about that as well. How do you find it? How does it impact your health? Is it actually healthy? All of these types of questions. So stay tuned for that. And like I said, in episode 100, I will be bringing my partner on. We are just trying to find a time to record and make sure it's intentional. And yeah, so that is coming. So those are kind of like some things to look forward to if you are a weekly listener. A quick shout out to the sponsors this week, Silver Biotics. I am still using this. I use silver on my dog Moose's paws. It helps just get rid of bad bacteria and yeast that's growing in there. So if you have a dog and like underneath their paws, the color of the fur is a different color, that typically means that is yeast overgrowth. And so you can use something like silver to kind of kill that and get healthier fur back. And then I was also using it on like these little rough patches on my skin, but now they're gone, which is sweet. So I don't have to worry too much about it. So silver biotics is one of my favorite supplements. I also take the supplement. I take it every morning and it's in a liquid and I take it on an empty stomach again to just kill any type of viruses or anything that's going around and to just support the immune system. And also to Inside Tracker, I booked another test with them and I'm so excited to get that done. I'm curious to see the different levels of my hormones and how microdosing has maybe impacted them and impacted my cortisol. And I'm just curious to kind of see where I'm at. And Inside Tracker, I do every single quarter because I want my vitamins tested. I want my minerals tested. I want to know where I stand with my health and I don't just want to guess. So and they make it so easy. They just come to your house and they do the test and they send you the results online. So it's like the least amount of effort <laughs> needed. And yeah, they are obviously available in Canada where I am and in the US. So enjoy this episode and stay tuned next week for another one. It might be the, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, some definitely have some exciting things coming up. And if you don't already, please follow me on Instagram and TikTok. I'm posting a lot on TikTok lately a lot of different content that I post on Instagram. So if you are on TikTok, my handle is biohacking. And on Instagram, I'm just biohacking Brittany. And if you want to read the show notes or you hear anything in this episode that you're like, yep, I want to know more. I want the links. I want the good stuff. Go to biohackingbrittany.com. It's all linked there for you. Enjoy this one. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am so thrilled that you are here joining me today. We are diving into human design, and this is a topic that I have wanted to explore for so, so long. And ever since I kind of went down the journey myself of figuring out what my type is and how it kind of played into my life, I have wanted to bring someone on to just explain it 
much better than I can and who's actually an expert in it. So today, that is exactly what we are doing. We are joined by Hope Pedraza, who is a certified holistic nutritionist, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, and the host of the Hopeful and Wholesome podcast, which I was actually on last week. So it's great to chat with her again this week. And she helps career-driven women to heal their gut, balance their minds, and feel good in their bodies. So Hope, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Brittany. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. So before we you know, dive deep into human design, let's start with your journey, your health journey, and kind of like what really triggered you to get into the place that you are now. Yeah, yeah. So let's see where to start. I grew up with a lot of digestive issues. I was like in and out of different doctors and having all the tests. I was probed in every possible direction and had multiple colonoscopies before I was in high school, just trying to figure out what was going on. And in result was the doctors just said it was IBS, which even now, but even more so back then, it was like, we don't know what's wrong with you. So we're just going to tell you it's IBS. And so, you know, nobody could ever tell what was wrong. Nobody gave me any like protocols or advice or anything. It was just like, oh, you have IBS. And then they send you on your way. So as I grew up and I, you know, I, I was always one to just educate myself. I love to read and learn and all of that. It was somewhat of a nerd. And so I just kind of read things and educated myself on the human body and nutrition and all those things. Sometime in my twenties, my early twenties, I just, I was reading a couple books and I just decided, and they were, these few books I was reading at the moment were about vegan diets. And so I'm like, I'm reading all like these health benefits and this and that, whatever. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to try it. So literally the next day I woke up and I was like, I'm going to be vegan today. So I just kind of jumped into it. And and for me, it was more, I mean, there's some ethical reasons too, but really for me, it was just the health benefits. I just wanted to see what it would do for my body. And a few weeks later, I would say probably a couple weeks later, I could really tell a difference. Like my gut felt totally different. My energy, I grew up with terrible allergies, like seasonal allergies. And I felt all of a sudden like, okay, like my sinuses feel different and my skin, you know, there's all these things I could tell a difference in. And so that, that whole like process, I think kind of led me to where I'm today because I, I, there's some other things too. I mean, I, the other part of that to the nutrition pieces, I also grew up with a really, how do I say it? Distorted view of food. Like I had a very tumultuous relationship with food and I grew up as a dancer. I wasn't tall and skinny, like the typical dancers you see, I'm short and I'm petite. So I, I always wanted that tall, thin dancer body. And I never had that. And so it just, I had just had a very rough relationship with food for a long time. And so I think the other part too, it it kind of, part of the nutrition piece for me started out as like an obsessive thing. I I mean, you could ask me any food and I can tell you the calorie count, the fat that, you know what I mean? It was an obsessive thing too. But I think as I evolved with kind of my healing journey, my view of nutrition kind of shifted because I'm like, oh wait, okay. I can like actually heal my body with food rather than like punishing myself, you know? And so I think that also kind of helped me shift my mindset around it. And then as, as I kept learning and reading and I ended up getting some certifications and, and some degrees and all of that stuff, it, my whole perspective has shifted. And now where I am now, I, I focus mostly on gut health. I help women across the spectrum in terms of wellness, a lot of women with autoimmune issues and just kind of like mystery issues and gut issues. But it's, I, I know the power of nutrition and the power of like, actually taking care of your body and not like working out to punish it, but working out to take care of it, like all that kind of thing. And so I think that kind of led me where I am today. Yeah. Honestly, I think that happens with a lot of people is like, they kind of 
have their own issues, their own symptoms, and then through healing themselves, they fall into some sort of health-based career. Mm -hmm. And mine was exactly the same. So like different story, but like kind of same premise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So how did you shift from learning about nutrition to bringing in human design? Yeah, that's a good question. So it started out really, I did, I I worked with um, this spiritual coach for a while and it it was really for business, but she had a little piece in there about human design. It wasn't anything serious, but it was kind of my first experience with human design. And I did the little like online free human design chart thing and everything. And I just was just completely fascinated by it. Like it was just like this whole new world like opened up for me. And so from there, I just kind of, I started reading and I started doing like free master classes. And then I ended up doing like the certification program and just kept reading it. I mean, it just completely fascinated me because it, the premise, and, and for those who don't know what human design is, it, it's the general premise is it, it's the science of differentiation, right? It's this blueprint of your soul. So there's some kind of ancient wisdom also combined with some science and modern science that is put together in this body graph that you can get online for free. And it it is the blueprint of your soul. So for me, it was like this pivotal moment of like, holy cow, this is me. This is who I was designed to be. And and I think for me, really, it was validation. It was like all of these parts of me that I either felt like I needed to apologize for, I felt like I needed to change, or I felt like was not how I quote should be, right? All of this was was like validation. Oh, like this is how I was designed to be. Like this is me. And, And it's so cheesy. I say this all the time and I've said it a million times before, but I really felt like when I had my first human design reading, I felt like I was meeting an old friend. It was like I was meeting myself for the first time. And it was just, I mean, it was just been completely transformational. And so I know the power of learning like who I am. And so I wanted to bring that into my coaching just because when I'm when you're looking at functional nutrition, you're looking at just kind of like you, right? You do the biohacking, right? You're looking at things from this like functional level, like this holistic perspective. And so when you're looking at things from that bird's eye view, there's so many more things involved than just the nutrition piece, right? There's there's a whole litany of things in the wellness equation. And I really feel like when you understand who you are, when you understand how you were designed, like how you were created, it really does flow right into your wellness, right? Because you're able to live and flow and alignment and know how your body functions and know how your energy functions. It just gives you a whole new light on like how your body is and how to treat your body. I love that. I love that you bring that perspective to the work that you do. So I know you kind of like briefly described it, but there are five different types, right? Mm -hmm. And could you briefly kind of explain each of them for us? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I I do want to, I should say this first too, before I explain the types, because I think sometimes, because people connect, a lot of times people connect human design with business, right? It's like, oh, how you should be running your business. But the way I bring it in is connecting it to your wellness, right? So when you're looking at wellness through the lens of human design, it's what I believe is that one of, one of the possible causes, root causes of chronic disease is that we spend a lot of energy being who we are not, like who we were not designed to be. Whether it's from society, how we were conditioned, our genetic code, our experiences, or just just the beliefs as a collective, right? That kind of shapes us into who we quote should be, right? We live this life of shoulds and it kind of molds our behaviors, how we do things, how we are 
being. And so when these behaviors and these like conditioned ways of living don't fit into our energetic blueprint, who we were designed to be, we end up spending an excessive amount of energy trying to be someone that we're not, right? We're like basically like holding up like a mask. And so when we hold that mask for too long, this is what causes burnout and what causes exhaustion. It causes our immune system. It it starts to affect our body physically because we are wasting energy being someone or doing things or being who we were not designed to be. So I I feel like human design really helps us like discover that energetic blueprint so that we can live in alignment with who we're meant to be. So I just wanted to clarify that part, like how it connects to wellness, because I think it's it's an important distinction. But back to your question you asked about the five types. So I'll kind of just dive in a little bit and what the five types are. And then, yeah, we can just go from there. So first we could start with the generators. So the generators are like They're like the energizer bunnies of the world. So they have the energy and they have the ideas and they have the, just the initiative to like, to start things. So with generators, they're like, like the life force of the world. They're like the builders. And so they have a lot of energy. They have a lot of energy to expend and they're really here to respond. So they're here to answer questions and to guide people and lead people and, When we're looking at kind of like managing energy and stuff from a generator perspective, generators are really here to do what's fun, what lights them up, what's pleasurable. They're designed to be turned on by like every aspect of their life. So they are designed to let go until exhaustion. So they're designed to do workouts that they really enjoy that drive them to exhaustion. They're designed to work two through the end of the day until they are have expended all of their energy. And then that's when they go to bed. So like when I'm working with generators, that's one of the things that ask them, we talk about sleep. Okay, well, how are you sleeping? And, and a lot of times, I'd say more oftentimes, more times than not, they haven't gotten all their energy out. It's like a puppy. You have to let the puppy outside and run around, get all their energy out so they can take a nap. It's like that. Next is manifestors, which is a, it's a pretty, manifestors are a pretty small percentage of the population. And so generators are like the ones who bring the ideas. Manifestors are like the ones who bring it to life. They're, they're like the, the visionaries, the pioneers. I, I said that backwards. Generators are the ones who get it done. Manifestors have the vision. They have the ideas. The generators are the ones who have the energy to get it done. So manifestors kind of work in like energetic waves. They don't have the consistent energy of a generator. And they have to kind of respect that in their own body that, that they don't have the energy of a generator. So their appetite might change depending on like kind of what, what phase they are, right? If, if they're in like a super creative phase where they're getting things done, like an action phase, they probably need more calories. They probably need more foods, more like grounding foods. When they're in this kind of either like a transition phase or like a resting phase, they need lighter, more cooling, light and vibrant foods. So they kind of have to really like respond to their energy in the moment. The same thing with their exercise and really connect with their intuition on, okay, what is what does my body need? Like, where am I energetically? And they are not meant to go to bed like unlike generators. They should be winding down before they're exhausted. So a lot of times, you know, when you're looking at human design, we also have to look at some deconditioning because especially for manifestors, if you're around like generators or manifesting generators all the time, you can kind of feel this pressure to like, well, I got to keep going. I've got to keep going. Like they're still going. And I, you know, and, and they can lead to burnout again, like kind of like I mentioned before. So it's, there is some deconditioning to kind of understand like where your energy is, what your energetic needs are and really respect that and, and honor that. So from manifestors, we'll go to manifesting generators. So 
manifesting generators, similar to a generator, they are, they are like the Energizer Bunny, but kind of different from a generator. They are here to do all the things. So they have the capacity to do all the things at once. And I'm a manifesting generator. And this is one of the things that I really had to like decondition myself. Because when you start a business and you probably know this, everybody's like, pick a niche, a niche and, and focus on this particular thing and only be good at one thing. And I'm like, but, but I want to do lots of things. Like I have so many things mm-hmm. I want to do. So it, it takes some deconditioning because manifesting generators have the energy, they have the creativity, they have the insight to do all the things. They are meant to do it all. And they have a ton of energy. And so manifest another kind of deconditioning part of that, that because they have so much energy, they need more calories, right? Calories is our energy, right? So they need more calories. So another deconditioning piece is, well, but I'm eating too much. Like this person over here, my, my partner is a projector, a manifester, whatever. And they're not eating as much as I am. Why am I eating so much? It's totally different. Your energetic needs are different because you have the energy. You, again, kind of like generators, you are meant to go until exhaustion. You are meant to work, work, work until you have gotten all of your energy out like a puppy and then and then you shut it down. So manifesting generators, but just like all types really, there's a huge component here of just really diving into your intuition and kind of listening to that internal compass. But for them, it's really about letting your intuition lead the way and do things that let you up in the moment and have a really definitive yes or no when they're looking at making decisions. The other thing with manifesting generators is they work or they do things in phases, which, which per like society and conditioning might, people might call them flaky because they mm. jump from one thing to the next, but it's right. not, they're meant to do it. So when something doesn't light you up anymore for your manifesting generator, if it doesn't light you up anymore, then do something else. That, that, that's your sign that you move on to the next thing. And, and this is with anything, with business, with food, with exercise, maybe you have a running phase and then you have a CrossFit phase and then you have a a weightlifting phase, right? You do things in phases because you were here to do what excites you, what lights you up in the moment. That's when you can put the most energy towards it. And when you run out of that, then you move on to the next thing. So from there, uh, we'll go to projectors. So projectors, they have much more, they have a much more open aura. So they're, they're really vulnerable to conditioning and to other people's energy. So they really feed off other people's energy. And if they're not careful, they can really take that on themselves. So when projectors, they, they kind of see things differently. They can see things and analyze things in the way that other people can't because they are so open. They can really like feel other people's energy and, and sense other people's energy. And so that just gives them different gifts that other types don't necessarily have. They can see things just differently. So because they are so like susceptible to other people's energy, they really have to honor their energetic capacity. So being like understanding that other people's emotions aren't your emotions to take on. Like other people's stresses aren't your stresses to take on, right? You really have to like honor your energy and protect your energy. And the other thing too, that makes them different is because they are sensitive to energy, eating foods that are light and vibrant are, are, is going to be really helpful. Eating big, heavy meals for projectors can make them feel really tired and weighed down. So it's going to be really helpful to manage your energy eating just kind of a little bit throughout the day, like small snacks throughout the day rather than like huge meals all at once. They work best in like spurts, like three or four hours. They work best at like power through three or four hours and then take a break. So naps are really helpful for projectors. And this is another thing. I I had a client not too long ago, we were talking and she was like feeling guilty because she's like, man, I just worked for a while and then I, I just want to take a nap. 
And I'm like, then take a nap. I'm like, this is your body telling you. You're, you kind of like, this is how they recharge their energetic batteries is they take naps and they need more sleep than other types. So the last type is a reflector. Reflectors are the most unique. It's only about 1% of the population are reflectors. And they have a really open aura. There's all of their centers, and I know this is kind of getting into like deeper into human design, but all of their centers are open, which means that they are literally reflecting back everybody's energy around them. And so they are able to really process experiences and emotions differently from from all the other types. And they're really able to see what's happening around them in a totally different way, which is really, it's really is a gift. This is, they, they just see things in a totally different way. So for, because reflectors are so sensitive because they are so open to all the energy around them, their environment and their alone time, that's going to be super important for them because if they're not careful, they can really soak in all the energy around them and it can weigh heavy on them. And this can be really exhausting. So I always tell my reflectors, like have a little space in your house, whether it's like a corner of a room or something, have a space that's your own. This is my space. This is my safe space. Like that, So that at multiple times throughout the day, or maybe when you get home from work at night or whatever, you go to that space, let's decompress, kind of shake off the day, discharge from the day, and then I can move on. And then two, reflectors really have to hone into their intuition because depending on who they're with and what other types they're around throughout the day, some days might be more exhausting to them. If they're around generators and manifesting generators, it's going to be super exhausting for them. So they have to kind of play around with like food and exercise and what feels good day to day because their days are going to look different. They're not going to have this consistent energy like manifesting generators and generators. So being able to honor that with what they eat, how they eat, how they exercise and do it in a way that gives like them this consistent sense of support for their energy. How can you tell if your healthy and not so healthy decisions are impacting your health on a cellular level or even impacting your biological age? Feeling better is one thing and having symptoms get better is one thing, but there's something completely different about having the data and the numbers behind it. This can be very helpful for both your short-term and your long-term goals. We need to be testing ourselves regularly so we know where we stand, whether it's testing our vitamin levels, cholesterol, blood sugar, whatever it is, the proof is in the data. It can be such a pain to get tested through our doctors and our clinics. And when we do these tests, often they don't even give us all the biomarkers that we ask for. That's why I love at-home tests. I find it super interesting to get my biological age test specifically because it indicates how all of my decisions are impacting me. Your biological age is a representation of your health conditions and a predictor of how soon you can exhibit chronic conditions of late life. This is obviously compared to our chronological age, which is just the amount of time that has passed since we were born. When I first got tested last year, my results said I was 19.7 years old. And the second time I was tested, it said I was 18 years old and I was 27 at the time. I recently got my biological age tested again through Inside Tracker's inner age test. And this time it said I was 22 years old and I'm now 28. My age actually went up. <laughs> and this is likely because my HbA1c levels were higher after spending 10 days in Costa Rica recently, where I had a ton of cocktails and fruit and carbs, and also just eating more carbs and processed food in the last few months. 
the great thing about Inside Tracker's Inner H test is that it actually shows you which specific biomarkers are making you older or making you younger. And it identified that my HbA1c needs to come down because it's actually making me older on a cellular level, which is so helpful to know and know what I need to be doing next. Knowing your age can help you make these changes and help you just really make smarter decisions and be more informed moving forward. I always get tested through Inside Tracker, and you can as well, and use my discount code at checkout, which is BiohackingBrittany in all capitals. It's linked on my website underneath my shop, and it'll be on my show notes as well. I love that you just described all of those so clearly for everybody listening. I myself am a manifester. Awesome. I, yeah, it was super interesting when I found that out because I think no matter what, when you do these types of things, you're like, oh, I definitely identify with this and this feels like it's me. And you kind of, it kind of molds to you, Mm -hmm. you mold to it type Mm -hmm. of idea. Yep. But regardless, it still provides insight into how you might be in certain situations, career-wise, work-wise. And it's also interesting now to kind of apply the same framework to wellness and health. So how do, if someone hasn't done this before, like how do you figure out what type you are? Yeah, good question. So you can go online and now there used to be only a handful, but there are tons of them now, free sites that you can get your charts. So myhumandesign.com, that's probably my favorite. Jenna Zoe is her name. She ha- There's actually an app too, so you can download the app. It's I think she does a really good job of explaining it like very clearly because sometimes you can read things about it and it's just so like, esoteric, right? Like there's only a few people that really get what, you know, how, what it's saying, but I feel like she does a really good job of explaining it clearly. So I like hers. You can go to mybodygraph.com. You can go to geneticmatrix.com, but you can just go online, get a free chart. You just need to know the time of your birth and your birthday, obviously. And then, um, yeah, it just does it right then and there. And it'll at least give, even if you don't do like a reading or pay somebody to to go deep into it, even just the basic chart is going to give you like really what you need to know in in the moment, right? And of course, if you want to dive deeper, you can dive deeper into like the gates and all of that. But the basics really, it's looking at your type and your profile and and that kind of thing, I think is just super helpful. Yeah, for sure. Like I, so I haven't had a reading done and I know that there's way more to explore. And even when I hear or listen to podcasts about human design, I always think there's so much to be said about the gates and the channels and I'm like, it's all over my head. And then like when I pull up my body graph and like, for those who've never seen one, it's basically just like this graph. It's like a triangle. I don't even know how to describe it. And there's lines that connect different parts over the body and there's numbers and colors that represent different things basically. But when I, when I got sent this, however long ago, when I first started doing this, I was like, I have no idea what any of this yeah. means. Like <laughs> yes. you look at it and you're like, what the heck is this? I, know, um, I, know. It's a so lot. I think that's where, if you're super interested in, in this type of thing, like meeting with somebody who's like, okay, you may be a manifester, but because of this and this and this, this actually means you're going to show up like this. And it's really hard to kind of deduce that information yourself. Yes. Correct. Because it's so overwhelming. So yes, it can be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do like, do you mostly end up working with generators just because that's like the largest population or is it kind of across the, the board for you? Yeah, it's kind of across the board. I have to say I've never had a reflector so far in my journey. So I have not met them before, but like in different like coaching groups I'm in, but I've never worked with them. But other than that, it's pretty much across the board for 
manifesting generators. Yeah, all the others I have, but it's, yeah, it's interesting. And it's interesting to being able to kind of like strategize like wellness wise, because the other thing with like, for example, manifesting generators is we don't do good with restriction. And so like putting a manifesting generator on the restrictive diet is like, you're probably not going to be successful. So it does, it's interesting, but it's fun for me because it, it's like me, my profile, I'm a three, five. So I am like the experimenter. So I love experiment. Like, let's just try it out see what happens. That's kind of my view on life. And so I like being able to do that with people too, where it's like, well, let's try the thing that works for you. And we can kind of use your, you know, obviously use your type and all of that to figure things out. But it's a good way to just kind of strategize to figure out how to make things work for you. Because that's the whole thing with human design, right? It's just how to live with more flow and less resistance. And that's, that's the whole thing. Yeah. That makes sense. Do you, I mean, this is probably like past like your scope, but do you also look at this in terms of like relationships with people, obviously like a partner or a spouse, let's say, but maybe even like within a family dynamic, like I wonder how that kind of would play out. Yes. Yes. So it's funny you asked that because I just started kind of doing, it was, I guess a few months back, I was like, I'm going to do my kids chart. And I'd already done my husband's. Yeah. And so we had like sat down and he was like, will you do my reading? And so like we went through his whole chart and stuff. And of course he said the same thing. He was like, this is too much. Just give me the cliff notes. Like this is too much. But I did do my kids too. And it is, and I would encourage everybody. And there's, I wish I could remember the girl's name. I can't remember. There's a girl on Instagram that I follow. I follow like so many human design people just because I, I love just learning more about it. But there's a girl who does it and you can send in your, like your kid's birth information. And she does this whole, like, basically it's like a parenting guide, like for your kids. It's super cool. But I just did it just for my own knowledge, right? Just to see. And, and it's so, it really does affect how you interact with people because now they're like, one, my, my son is a projector. He's super emotional, very sensitive. And it's like, you just have different gloves when you're dealing with him. And then my daughter is a generator. So she's like, the Energizer Bunny, but it, it totally affects how you interact. Because I also encourage people too, like if you are, if you're in a corporate job and you have a C-level job or you're in a leadership position, just knowing like the people you that work under you, work with you, it, it really does change your relationships and how you interact with people because you're able to see things in a different light. And you're able to like your conversations look different and your communication looks different. So it really can, it can be really, really transformational right. in that aspect. Right. Yeah. That makes total sense. And I'm sure people listening are curious about this, but are there specific types that go better together than maybe other ones? Well, yes and no. So yes, the answer is yes. And, and it can be so for those who, like for a generator, a manifesting generator, for if you are a manifester or projector reflector, it can be exhausting to be in a relationship with a generator and a manifesting generator. Like, and I say this is that I, when I was doing my certification program, she said this, if it's possible to sleep alone, sometimes that can be helpful. If, if you are a reflector, projector, manifester, because you take on the generator energy or the manifesting generator energy while you sleep. And so it can be helpful to sleep alone, but, and not to say, of course, not to say people can't be in a relationship with a different type, but it definitely does, it affects the dynamic. So it, I think it's important to, and just like I was mentioning before, like talking about with your, your coworkers or your kids or whatever, it, it's just a matter of understanding the other person and being able to see them in a way where it's like, okay, they're probably going to respond this way because of this. So maybe I should say it's just kind of handling your communication differently, understanding how they interact with energy and you and other people. 
And what about people who are the same type being together? Yeah, I think kind of the same as being the polar opposite. I think it can be good, but it can also be and I think the other part of this too, which is, this is like a conversation for a whole other episode, but and it also has to do a lot with, I think, more to do with your centers. And so if you're looking at the body graph, for those who aren't familiar with it, so there's like you were saying, there's like the different shapes and stuff. And they're, most of them are associated with a particular chakra, if you're, if you're familiar with the chakra system. And then there's a couple, so there's a couple extra pieces there because at some point they kind of split off. But I think a lot of it has to do with more about the open centers and the defined Mm. centers versus the types, because this is really how you, where your conditioning comes from. So for those who have more open centers, you're more susceptible to conditioning and taking on other people's energy in those certain centers. And so that can affect like your thoughts and your reactions on things. And so I, I feel like that would be more beneficial to understand when in just thinking of in terms of relationships and stuff is understanding the centers. Yeah, I agree with that. And the the reason I ask is because I had my partner get his done and he's also a manifester. Yeah. And I was like shook because (laughs) first of all, not that many people are manifestors. Second, I just think we present differently. Yes. You know? Yes. But then maybe that's just because I'm in it all the time. And maybe to other people, they're like, oh no, you guys are actually pretty similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, right. I think you're right. I think it has to do with like the chakras and different centers that are either open or defined. So we could be manifestors, but we could present very differently in a day-to-day basis. Yeah, basis. But we have that underlying same thing where we're visionaries yep. and we have the ideas yep. and that kind of drives us, exactly, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And it's the same with me and my husband. I did, when I did my husband's, he's also manifesting generator. And I thought the same thing as you. Oh. I was like, there's no way, there's no way. Cause we yeah. are polar opposites. Like wow. just, just in a lot of things, he's very extroverted and outgoing and I am like the opposite. And so same, but I agree. I think it, when I was doing his chart, I'm like, okay, well this makes sense now. Cause I'm looking through his centers and stuff and I'm like, okay, this, this makes sense. Now. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. That is right? so. What are the chances for both of oh, us to have partners that are the same? It's crazy. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking at my my diagram right now, and in terms of the chakras, there's the like the chakra that's over the womb. Is that what is it called? Is it like the root chakra? There's your root chakras at the very bottom, and right above that is the sacral. Mm-hmm. Sacral and sacral is associated with like womb and mm-hmm. menstruation yep. and fertility, right? And, yep. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, if it's white, does that mean it's open? It means it's open. Correct. Yep. So, if it's filled okay. in, if it's a color, depending on where you get it, it might be just filled right. in. It might be a color that would be defined. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, let's just talk about this because there's a lot of women listening. So, if they have an open sacral chakra, what does that mean? Yes. So. Let's see where to start. Yes. So this, the sacral chakra is associated with like creativity and life force and pleasure. And when it's undefined, let's, so, so I think it's best to say it this way. So when you're in alignment with this and it's undefined, this is, you have really strong boundaries around your time and your energy. You are able to prioritize your rest and your, your time, you are, you value your energy. So you're able to do things without burning out. So the opposite of that is going to look like quite the opposite, right? It's going to look at like burnout and just 
having to say yes to everything or feeling, maybe feeling a sense of guilt because you're not able to work as hard as everybody else, being kind of having like this creative block, right? You feel out of alignment. And so Mm. when you have this open center, it really is important for you to protect your creativity and kind of honor your energy there because that is, I think the other important part too is to know what your not self theme is. And so when you feel that not self thing, it means it's not yourself. It's not you. Like this is not who you were designed to be. And that's your clue that you're out of alignment. And so when just speaking specifically about your sacral, it's because it's this life force center things when you're out of alignment, physical manifestations can show up. So this is like you said, it's related to like your sexual organs and all of that. So that's really where things start to show up when you're out of alignment with in that particular area of reproduction and sexuality, that kind of thing. And so when it's defined, like how does that look? Yes. So when you're defined, so when it's undefined, it is think to protect your creativity. Your, your motto should be like, work smarter, not harder, right? That's when it's undefined because it, you can just be really sensitive to just overworking yourself. When mm. it's defined, you have a, a better sense of kind of thinking in the moment, not thinking too far ahead. You're able to follow like your joy and your pleasure with a little more. You're able to work on things that you truly love and that truly bring you pleasure, and I um, mean, then with out of alignment, it, it's similar with out of alignment, just period across where what's defined or undefined. It, it's just working to exhaustion or working too hard because a lot of times too, when it's undefined, people work too hard just because they, they have the energy to do it, but they waste more energy doing it because they don't love it. And in, in, instead of like putting that energy towards something else. Did you know that before the invention of germicides and antibiotics, it was known that disease-causing germs could not survive in the presence of silver? Thus, silver was used in dishware, drinking containers, and eating utensils. Whether it's a weak immune system, dry skin, eczema, sun damage, bad breath, or unhealthy gums, we are all looking for ways to optimize our health and reduce the symptoms we're facing on a daily basis. It's tough to know what remedy to try, what food may be causing the issue, or what will actually work in healing these symptoms quickly. Of course, there are somewhat effective solutions we can get from our local pharmacy, but as people who much prefer using the power of nature to heal, using these products doesn't really feel aligned with our values. Keeping our bodies strong is essential to good health. A strong immune system can protect your body from infection and helps us heal. Silver has been used for centuries for this reason and to prevent illness and recover from injury. Silver Biotics has taken the old technology of collodial silver and improved it to create the next generation of silver products. Silver Biotics has products for skincare, for issues like dry skin and eczema, and I'm currently using their skin gel on a few dry spots on my legs and stomach. They have oral health products, including a fantastic toothpaste that helps fight bad bacteria with its silver content, decreases bad breath, whitens teeth, and supports healthy gums. They also have a supplement, which I have been using as a mouth rinse and then swallowing as well because it's a liquid, and this supports the immune system from the inside out. To start using silver today, head over to silverbiotics.com or the shop on my website and use the discount code BIOHACKINGBRITTANY in all capitals to get 10% off today. That's silverbiotics.com with the discount code BIOHACKINGBRITTANY to try their silver products today. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. So out of all of these ones that can be defined or undefined, like what do you think is the most important one to focus on if you are female? Hmm, that's such a good question. That's a tough one. I think, I do think that the sacral is important, especially for women, just with, in terms of creativity and sexuality and yeah, kind of being in touch with those parts of yourself. I think the splenic center is really important. This is kind of our center for like intuition and it's also related to our immunity. So a lot of times this is where, when this, when this is kind of our, our center for like fear and which can manifest in well, different ways in the body. But when that you are out of alignment with this center, it can lead to like immune issues because it's correlated with your lymphatic system and all of those kind of parts of your immune system. So I feel like just in terms of like right. your wellness, I feel like this is a really important center to understand. And too, like I mentioned before, your intuition is a huge part. What No matter what type you are, your intuition is a huge part of this, being able to really listen to your intuition. And when you're out of alignment in this center, I mean, that's what it's affecting it is just your sense to really tune into your intuition and listen to it. So I, I feel like that's another really important center. Right. And which one is that one when you're looking at this map? The one on the left. So it's the triangle that's on the left. Okay. Mm-hmm. On the very left. Mm-hmm. Okay. I yep. see that. Yeah. Mine's colored in, which means it's defined. Yes. It means it's defined. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Minus two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so when it's defined, so this is when you can get like really like granular on things. Mm-hmm. So you see, if you look, yeah. so if you're looking at your chart, you see all the numbers, right? For the gates and the channels. And so each of those numbers in there represent a certain sense of fear that comes up for you. So depending on which one you have to find is going to correlate to different fears that are going to come up repeatedly for you. And so that's your sign that you're out of alignment. So if you want to give me a number so I can tell you. So mine has now I like, this is a screenshot from, oh my gosh, years ago. Mm -hmm. So I have, there's like one, there's seven numbers, Uh but three of them are like bolded in purple okay. and four of them are normal. Okay. So what does that mean? The, the ones that are bolded are going to be the ones that are connected to a, a gate or channel. Yes. So the ones that are okay. bolded in. Mm-hmm. So which ones do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Tell me the ones that are co- colored in, the ones that are bold. Okay. So 57. Okay. So 57 is fear of the unknown. So if that comes up for you. There's a sense that's a common fear that might come up for you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 32. 32 is fear of failure, like fear of it Ooh. not working out. Yeah, I feel that for sure. Um, and 18. 18 is fear of not being perfect. Not oh, doing yeah. things perfectly. Yeah, I definitely have that as a Virgo mm-hmm. for sure. Oh. And then what's interesting now that like you're explaining this and for everybody listening, like go get this done, get this little yes. uh, done so you actually fully understand this. So in the, let's count from the bottom, one, two, three, in the, I guess the centered one, mm-hmm. So not the bottom, not the sacral, but the next one up. Your G center. Mm-hmm. G center. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any bolded or colored numbers in that one. So what would that yes. mean? So that means that's undefined for you. So if you're undefined, so your G center is your center, your like your identity center, your sense of self. It's also correlated to your heart chakra. So when it's undefined, you you can kind of be like a social chameleon. Like you can play different roles depending on who you're with or who you need to be in certain situations. And if it's and you can find yourself kind of feeling this inconsistency of uh, right. an inconsistent sense of who you are. Mm, so, okay. um, so if it's out of alignment, you were like 
yearning, this search, this futile search for like, who am I? You're searching for who you are. And when you're in alignment, you're able to allow yourself to be you and allow yourself to be loved because you're you and you're not searching for this like identity. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I definitely have some other ones that are like open and, and like uh, white and not mm-hmm. colored. Mm-hmm. They do have the bolded numbers. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's connected to the gates and the channels. Yeah. Right. But mm-hmm. the one, that heart one is the only one without any bolded numbers, which is super interesting. It is interesting. Yep. So in terms of the men listening, are there ones that you would say they should focus on more? That's a good question. I think, honestly, I really think that the solar plexus, and I didn't mention this before, but I, I think there's your emotional center, which is your solar plexus. So if you're looking at your chart, it's the triangle that's on the right. I feel like that's a super important one here because, and honestly, I would probably say for men, but there's this, I don't want to say stigma because I feel like it's breaking, but you know, there's like the whole toxic masculinity thing, right? Men are not supposed to have emotions. They're not supposed to show emotions. They're not supposed to feel emotions or whatever. And obviously men are humans and they're supposed to have emotions and feel emotions. Like we're all human. And so I feel like the emotional center here might be an important one for men to understand and to know just to really be able to understand their feelings. I I think a lot of men, not all men, because my husband is, is totally open about, he's not afraid to cry in public. Like he's totally comfortable expressing his emotions. I think a lot of men aren't. And so I think kind of educating and informing themselves on how their emotions work, right? Just in terms of their human design, I I think could be a really powerful realization for men just to be able to understand their emotions and recognize that part of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's definitely worth even just doing the assessment, getting like, like your partner said, like getting the cliff notes and just getting a better sense of like what's going on, Mm -hmm. what these mean, Mm -hmm. what kind of like we talked about, like what fears come up for you and yeah. Like where your blockages are, right? What can you, what can you be in alignment with every day, but also what can you work on? Right. And you kind of know that, oh, this one thing is really tough for me because I am X, Y, and Z. And that's really useful to always kind of go back to when you're going through something difficult. I find like we all love to do these different tests that like tell us who we are, you know, but it's kind of like actually using it and referring back to it to make a difference in your life is like where I think the sweet spot is. Absolutely. Right. Because I mean, it's not going to benefit you all that much if you can't put it into practice and understand how to put it into practice. So yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, exactly. So where can people find you if they want to connect with you and learn way more about this? Yes. So um, probably most active on Instagram, I'm at the Hope Pedraza. And then I have a free Facebook group. It's Live Wholesome and Healthy and just kind of all about holistic living and holistic wellness and holistic nutrition. Amazing. Okay. I will definitely add that to the show notes for everyone to find you. And thank you so much for coming on. This was such an in-depth discussion and I'm sure everyone learned a lot. Yes. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me, Brittany. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.